Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet. I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience. We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. <laughs> not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. This is Mike Siegel coming to you from the quarantined bunker in Santa Monica. My guest today is Brittany Lynn, and this is my first interview under lockdown. I'm in Los Angeles. Brittany is in Santa Clarita, which is down in Orange County. So not too far, but far enough that uh, we can't meet in person. And I've always been against doing online interviews They're certainly not as enjoyable as meeting in person, but desperate times call for desperate measures. And I've had bad luck with Skype interviews in the past, FaceTime interviews, there's been problems with connections, audio quality, and this was my first Zoom interview. And at least from what I can tell on the outset, this turned out pretty good, all things considered. Zoom is uh, pretty simple to use. We were on video, Brittany and I, and it seems like this is going to be the wave of the future for the time being in terms of interviews. But before we get to Brittany, let's do the announcements. Our website is TravelTalesPodcast.com. You can go there, see photos of our guests, see uh, links to their social media. You can see links to our social media. And by that, I mean, of course, Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram, Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. There's links to our Facebook page, and there are links to Stitcher Radio and Apple Podcasts where you can subscribe for free. And I ask, as always, please give us a good rating on those platforms or on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a good rating because that helps us boost our presence there and uh, gets more audience. So that's a good thing to do. If you'd like to write me, it's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. That's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. Okay, I found Brittany on Instagram. She goes by Beautifully Awakening on Instagram. That's where you can find her there. Can't remember exactly how I found her. Maybe found some mutual friends. I think we have some mutual friends. But in a sea of negative that is the internet, it's always good to find somebody spreading some positivity. And in these trying times, I think we could all use some. And that's what Brittany does. She's a yoga instructor. She's a life coach, mindfulness teacher. And I realize like things like yoga and mindfulness might seem a little hippy-dippy in these times of stress, but this is the time you need it the most. A lot of people are worried. A lot of people are confused. And one thing that was here for millions of years before we arrived on this planet to screw it up is nature. And maybe, just maybe, getting back to nature might be the thing that can save this planet. Connecting with nature, connecting with human beings face-to-face and not on screens is vital in our lives. And as we're all noticing, when that's taken away, the effect it has on our minds and our just beings, I miss it. And I'm sure a lot of you do too. So via the Zoom app, I talked to Brittany on a Sunday morning back in March, and she brightened my day. And hopefully she'll brighten yours too. Please enjoy my conversation with the lovely, charming, and positive Brittany Lynn. You got to get up every morning with a smile on your face and show the world all the love in your heart. Then people gonna treat you better. You're gonna Yes, you will That you're beautiful As you feel What part of the United States are you in right now? 
Right now, I'm in San Clemente, which is about an hour south of Los Angeles. I know it well. I have a friend who lives down there. Wonderful. It's beautiful here. Yeah, you're in Orange County, or are you? Yeah, it's technically still Orange County, the southern yeah. part of Orange County. It is. <laughs> so are you from there? No, I'm actually originally from the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area. So grew up in San Jose up there. And when I went to college, moved down to Los Angeles, lived in LA for 17 years. And seven months, or yeah, I think it was seven months ago, I moved to Costa Rica. <laughs> Just seven months ago. Okay, I should set the scene where we're at. So this, this is my first quarantine recording. Yes, so, exactly. Welcome. <laughs> um, so for anybody listening here, I might sound different than I usually do. Uh, because we are on, uh, we're doing this via uh, Zoom. So uh, if there's any technical problems, don't blame me. Blame the Zoom Corporation, who are doing just fine, by the way. Their their stock is taking off. Uh, so this is March 29th. We're about, I guess, is this two weeks into this kind of yeah, lockdown kind of situation? So. Oh, I'm pretty boy. sure. Yeah. Okay. Weeks. So you were down in in Costa Rica, and. Did they tell you that they're going to start locking down or did you just see this coming and come home? No, it's actually kind of funny because it had nothing to do with coronavirus or the quarantine or anything. I My birthday was a couple weeks ago. And so for a few months, my um, I had planned with my mom and sister to come back to the States and I had a, a month off of work down in Costa Rica. So I was like, I'm going to come back to the States, spend some time with my mom and sister for my birthday. And since I'm going to be there for a week, I might as well come back for two or three weeks. And I came back three weeks ago and it was one week before all of this happened. And now that this is all like, Everything's hit the fan. The fan. Oh. I'm just kind of here until further notice. <laughs> oh well, in a way, I mean, it was really lucky timing, but bad in a way that uh, you have a business down there. Do you have a house? Uh, what What did you leave I, behind? I work for a yoga teacher training school down there, so I am a yoga teacher as well as a mindfulness and meditation teacher. I specialize in teaching mindfulness and meditation in corporate settings, actually, and. I left the retreat center, which is this beautiful place in the jungles of Costa Rica. And I left there for Los Angeles, totally different type of jungle. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, came back to LA and stayed here for a couple weeks. And so luckily I don't, I don't own like a, a business down there that I'm leaving behind or, or even like a home, but all of my, you know, I have, three bins, like plastic bins worth of things. Those are all my belongings right now that I travel with. I've got some plastic bins just sitting there waiting for me to come back to. And <laughs> Where, um, on the street yeah, or in here. somebody's house? <laughs> At the retreat center. Okay, They're very yeah, was... like, sweet about um, letting me keep my things there. <laughs> okay, so. well, so you're from Northern California. You came down to LA 17 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um Okay. Did you come like, uh, like a lot of us for a showbiz? Is that uh, what brought you here? No, it's actually funny because I always wanted to be a photographer. And that was my big, you know, since I was 12, I told my parents, I'm going to be a photographer. I'm going to be a photographer. And so I 
went to Loyola Marymount University for graphic design and fine arts. And I sort of made my own little emphasis in photography down there. And it was just the school that called to me and I really, I liked it. It was small. And so I really enjoyed it. And I said to myself, I remember saying, oh yeah, I'll be there for four years and then I'll move back home or I'll move somewhere else. And then 17 years later, I was still there. Um, but I did. I made a career out of photography and I was also a producer in film as well as an editor. So I did that for over 10 years, about 12, almost 12 years. And then I decided this is not what I want to be doing. And uh, seven years ago, I changed my career and completely shifted out of doing fine art photography and I still edited for a while. I just finished editing when I moved out of LA, um, but uh, finished my photography career and as a producer, and I started teaching yoga and meditation. Okay. Now, so you were teaching yoga and meditation. Now I'm in Santa Monica, mm-hmm. and like the Santa Monica, Venice uh, area seems to be the epicenter of yoga and meditation in LA. Yeah, um, is. is that where you you were teaching? I was teaching in South Bay. So I lived in Redondo Beach. Oh, yeah. Okay. Teaching in Manhattan Beach and Playa Vista all the way up through there. And I have taught at some of the studios in Venice and Santa Monica as well. But you know LA and the traffic. I mean, right now it would be fine. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, you can get a lot of places easy right now. Yeah, super easy. But it was a little bit too far for me to teach in Santa Monica. By the time I'd leave my house and park in Santa Monica, it was like an hour and a half. Oh, yeah. I didn't do that. So, okay, this your uh, Instagram handle is beautifully awakening. Is it that is. right? Okay. Now, this is the first time until I saw your email, I even knew your name. <laughs> That's funny. My name's on my Instagram too. But <laughs> oh, it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, I'll, can I call you Brittany then? You can call me Brittany. Okay. So, um, when did Costa Rica come into the picture, and how was it? Multiple trips down there, or did you just? take a whim and say, I'm living, I'm living down there. (laughs) No, uh, Costa Rica started for me in 2017. So I had been teaching yoga for almost four years at the time. And I was interested in doing an advanced yoga teacher training. So when you become a yoga teacher, you do a 200 hour training and that certifies you as a yoga teacher through Yoga Alliance. You can get certified. And then you have an option to do another 300 hours on top of those 200 hours of basic training. And so I found this place uh, through like Facebook, like I want to say it was like a Facebook ad or something. (laughs) I was looking into retreat centers around the world to host a retreat at the time. And this place came up and it popped up. And this was back, you know, this was Three, oh, actually, this was four years ago. I found it in 2016. And so before ads said like ad <laughs> on it, and um, this place popped up, it was called, you know, the Sanctuary at Two Rivers in Costa Rica. And it just seemed really cool. So I clicked on it and I saw that not only was it a retreat center, but they hosted advanced yoga teacher trainings down there. And so the more I listened to the testimonial videos and dug into it, I thought to myself, okay, I want to lead a retreat here someday too, but this training sounds really amazing and and incredible. So it was a month long training that I did down in Costa Rica. I emailed them. I said, 
hey, uh, I see you have a training this summer of 2016. I don't know that I can scrap the money together by, you know, in six months, will you be doing it again next year? And they said, yep. And I said, great, see you summer of 2017. And that sort of launched my passion and love for Costa Rica. Now, what part of uh, Costa Rica is it in? Because I've been, well, I, I did like a week of traveling around on my own on terrible roads with a four by four, that one that broke down. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, so I went from the capital to like um, the Arnal volcano and then driving around the inland and then went to a coffee farm and the whole deal. And then what's the uh, Monteverde? Yeah. Went there. Beautiful. And then I went to surf camp over in Nosara on the Nicoya Peninsula. Yeah. So what part is your retreat at? I'm at the southern tip of the Nicoya Peninsula. So okay. I'm close to Montezuma. Um, that's probably the biggest landmark that people would maybe know, but it's, it's Montezuma. Yeah, okay. It's a very small town even. So, but yeah, it's the Southern tip of the Nicoya Peninsula. I went to surf school in Nosara. That's amazing. What did, did you think? It was, well, it was beautiful, but, uh, I'm not a good surfer. I learned that about myself, but, <laughs> uh, no, man. Oh, really? You don't do it. It's, no, it's so I mean, good I, down there. Yeah, I tried it and it was super fun. And I think that it's hard. Being, it's hard. I think that being a yoga teacher helped because I do Good somewhat core. have balance, you know? yeah. but I'm also sort of like, I'm not exactly the most coordinated like, person. That's <laughs> why yoga is important for me. So um, it's fun, but it's definitely not just like something that I'm like super passionate about, but I think it's cool that people love doing it. So uh, how experienced were you on, uh, well, first of all, Central America or traveling in general? I mean, have you lived overseas before or did you have a lot of experience? being a fish out of water? No, I've lived in California my entire life. I was the first 18 years in Northern California, moved down to LA and lived there for 17 years. And so I literally just lived in California my whole life. I knew nothing else. And I had traveled around the world a little bit, week, a week here, two weeks there, did some traveling in college, went to Europe, did a trip to Spain. I did a trip to Europe in high school. That was three weeks and spent five weeks in Italy in college. But oh, that sounds lovely. Always, oh yeah. It was amazing. I got <laughs> to study art history there. So oh, wow. yeah, it was a really incredible experience. And I had been to Bali before and, but every trip I had taken in the past was either with a group or with somebody. I had never traveled alone. And so this was my first experience in Central America and it was my first experience traveling alone. Was Bali another uh, uh, yoga thing? Were you one of those white ladies with the <laughs> yoga mat in Ubud? Were you one of those ladies? <laughs> no, no. Doing the I eat, pray, love, <laughs> doing the eat, pray, love thing? No, I think, no, Bali, I, I wish, um, I would actually like to go back and experience the, the yoga scene there. I did take a couple of classes when I was there. I was actually, Bali was, um, my, my honeymoon, but that was, um, oh. was my, my ex-husband. Oh, now <laughs> so, we're getting, now we're getting into the real story. Exactly. There, everybody has a story, right? Yeah. So, um, you no, don't just we end really... up at a yoga retreat in Costa Rica by chance. I know. I'm out. Not. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm done with you. I'm done with this town. I'm done with this country. I'm going to go find like my chi in the jungle <laughs> in Costa Rica. Yeah, now it all starts to unfold. This is a true LA story, actually. <laughs> exactly. 
exactly. So, but Bali was an amazing place. I really enjoyed it. And I was teaching and practicing yoga at the time as well. So I did get to practice yoga over there, but I would love to, I, I've really actually found that I love traveling by myself. So it's been, it would be a really cool place to go to and kind of explore on my own uh, another time. So how was your Spanish before you got to Costa Rica and how is it now? Muy bien. Like, okay. I, I can speak. I can speak fairly well. I to get by. I took Spanish in high school, and I actually didn't think that it really stuck. But it's amazing I, how much of it comes back when you when you need it. It's like it's wow, crazy. I still have that stuff in my brain. Yeah, totally. It's still there. Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, I'm kind of unfortunately because the property that I work on is owned and run by Americans, I don't have to speak Spanish very oh, often. So it's yeah. kind of a bummer. Although the day workers that work there are Costa Rican, so I try and talk to them and I'm working on practicing my Spanish, but I work so much on the property and I'm teaching in English. So I don't actually have much of the time to practice my Spanish. But when I go into the town and they start speaking English, I always ask them like, is it okay if I can practice my Spanish? <laughs> because right. I really need to practice. <laughs> so what's a typical day for you in Costa Rica? Like, do you teach classes every single day or multiple ones or how does it work? So when there's a training going on, it's a three week long program and we start at 6am with a two hour yoga practice. And it's either myself or the founder of the school, Liz, teaching that practice. And then we do the training and do teachings on yoga philosophy and anatomy and alignment and all of the things that yoga teachers need to, and meditation and all of these aspects of yoga that they need in order to go out and teach. And so we practice, our day starts at 6 a.m. and ends at 7 p.m. Oh, wow. Okay. That's so, a long day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do they, I mean, I'm assuming if you're living there, I mean, do they, you live for free on the, on the resort or, or the yeah, retreat? Should part, I say retreat or resort? I don't even know. Retreat center. Retreat. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, part of the exchange for me teaching in these programs is the room and board. So for me, I, I do teach some of the philosophy modules and some of the meditation modules in these programs. And so that's where I am compensated for myself as a teacher. But then there are exchange programs for me with the classes I teach in the morning and these uh, modules we call Asana Lab, where we go and teach the all of the students about alignment and all of the ways that you keep your students safe. And so teaching those modules is an exchange for me to stay on the property and eat the amazing food. They have this incredible cuisine by Gaia Gourmet Cuisine. And it's just like this, it, just the most amazing meals just placed in front of you <laughs> three times a day. So, Well, it's, it's funny because like when I was in Costa Rica, like a lot of Central America, they're not really known for their food other than, you know, it's a lot of a lot of rice and beans and uh, yeah, the uh, arroz con pollo, yeah, totally. Uh, rice and chicken, but uh, but the fruit is always really good. So yeah. I mean, what what are your favorite things to eat down there, and what should we all order if we go down there? Yeah, well, I like gallo pinto, and I like fried plantains as well. Okay. So, wait, wait, what's the gallo pinto? What's is that beans, right? That's yeah, the rice and beans. Rice it's and like beans, this, yeah, 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 and the staple breakfast. So a lot of times with scrambled eggs and sometimes you can get the plantains on the side and oh, it's so good. <laughs> what's that spicy? What's that, uh, 
comes in the, the brown bottle with the green label, that spicy sauce that's on every table. It's I not even that know. spicy, but it's like, their, it's like their normal kind of, it's like their ketchup or their Tabasco yeah. or something. It's, and I got, <laughs> I it's like, it begins with an L, like Lozano or something like that. But man, you can't know. get it here. A, yeah, I used to be a spice person. Like I put Tapatio on oh. everything for years. I was like Tapatio on every meal. And then I kind of moved away from spice. So I don't even know what it is. Oh, <laughs> like, it's, a, it's like on every it. table in every restaurant in Costa Rica. And I couldn't <laughs> remember. And I tried to get it when I was back here. You can't get it. I think you got to order it from like Amazon or you got to go to some uh, Latin market or something. Yeah. I'll find it though. I'll find I'm that guy with like five hot sauces in, in his fridge at all times. <laughs> yeah. um, so what do you miss when you're down there? If, if you do miss anything about the U.S. or California or anything, what do you miss? Honestly. <laughs> Mexican food? Mexican food? Is it? Oh, okay. Um, no, I don't. I'll be honest. I, I don't. Right now, I don't miss much. Um, and that's not, that's not like a negative thing. Like no, I get it. The United States or anything. I get I, it. I'm living out in nature and I love what I do and I keep myself so busy that I don't really, I do miss my friends. I miss community and being able to see people. Although nowadays with Zoom and FaceTime and, you know, different technologies, it is better. It it makes the space to be able to, I guess, quote unquote, hang out with people. Although it's not the same being in person with somebody, as I'm sure you're finding out, even with your first Zoom interview. Oh, I know. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But at the same time, I think if I had to say anything, I guess it would be something that's more like first world problems. Like there's no, I can't like order something on Amazon or if I, if I need something, I have to prepare. Okay. These students are going to be here in three weeks. Where do they, they live? And can I order something to the other guest teacher's home or to a student that they can bring me? Convenience. But, convenience. Yeah, convenience. But honestly, it's, I mean, I would trade convenience for being out in that space any day, anyhow. So, so when I was in Costa Rica, this must have been 2006, seven. So it's been a little while. Um, how is it now, I'd say, politically and economically and everything else? I mean, is it, you know, they were kind of booming. Costa Rica has been kind of found out on the tourist trails, you know, so now, totally. uh, you know, people have moved on to like the next big thing would be Nicaragua or Panama. Panama has been found out, you know, so I just went to Colombia and mm. Medellin there is, is the hot new place. And so, I mean, you're still seeing a lot of tourism there. I mean, is that like the huge part of their economy and have they fixed Absolutely. any of the damn potholes? <laughs> places. Okay. They definitely pave the roads. But I mean, if you come down to where I'm at, the roads are still like not yeah. so great. But honestly, I think it's a blessing in disguise for these towns that closer to where I am, because even though there are a lot of tourists now that are coming to Montezuma and it is a great place for tourism, it is because the roads aren't the easiest to navigate. It keeps sort of like keeps the numbers down, keeps, <laughs> keeps it from being yeah, overcrowded. Does, like, yeah. Keeps more people like me like not going there, right? <laughs> Which is kind of funny because um, I'm I got a way to be able to experience the culture, but then of course you know like I'm like a white yoga teacher like going down to Costa Rica. I'm like one of those like people who might become an expat. Like who knows? But right. it's, there's definitely a huge expat community down there, and tons of tourism. I mean, even if you are interested in buying land or buying a home, the prices are way higher now than they were when you were back there because of just oh, yeah. 
yeah, it's just been driven up because Americans were like, oh, it's cheap. Let's go buy land. And, I know. It was yeah. all like Century 21 signs when I was down there. Um, yeah. So, I mean, what is the process if you were, if you think about moving there or, I mean, do you have to get um, a work visa and stuff like that while you're there? Yeah, I don't have to right now. I go down on a visitor's visa and you can be a visitor for 90 days in Costa Rica. So you can go in, they stamp your passport and you can stay there for 90 days. And so I, I'm also, I'm, I'm starting to do some writing. And so I am, I, while I'm there, I'm also spending a lot of my time writing. I'm writing a book right now. And so that is sort of my sort of way of being a visitor (laughs) in Costa Rica as well. And Costa Rica has been the biggest influence on my writing. And I don't know, honestly, what it would look like if I wanted to move down there permanently. I'm not sure what it would be like to buy property or to get an actual visa to live. I've looked into it a little bit, but right now, I, I'm a recovering perfectionist, so I used to be very like, I have to know everything before I do one little step. I have to know all of the situations, but now I'm a little bit more go with the flow. So right now, all I know is I can go and teach in these classes and work on these on, you know, coming in and out every 90 days. And that's, that's kind of the way that I'm, I'm living. I'm a visitor. So yeah, that's what I was going to ask. So but every 90 days, you have to leave the country and come back in. So can you go to just like over the border to, yeah. okay, you can. Yeah, you could go to Nicaragua. It's a couple hours bus ride. It's not very far. Uh, I have a lot of work back in Los Angeles. So I've been coming back. Not only do I teach still in Los Angeles and, and people are asking like, oh, when you're in town, make sure that you contact us. But I also co-lead Grand Canyon hiking and meditation retreats with um, a retreat partner as well. So I come back to do those as well. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now, let, when did that start? You going to the Grand Canyon? I started going there also in 2017. A lot of things shifted in 2017. Yeah. So can I guess, can I make a, did the divorce happen in 2016? No, the, the separation <laughs> happened in 2017. Okay, but yeah. 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 So, yeah. Lots of it's things. It's amazing happened. how much change can all come at once. Yeah, totally. So, um, you, but like uh, good transformation. Yeah. Okay. So oh, sorry, I should say, but no, um, no, that's it's, there's nothing to apologize for. Okay. Uh, so the, the Arizona, the, it's not in Sedona, it's in the Grand Canyon. Cause in Sedona seems Canyon. right up your alley here. Yeah, I've never been to Sedona. You really? No, I know. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> oh, it's very. Oh, it's 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 your vibe. It's totally your vibe. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, is it super hippie? And <laughs> oh yeah, it's got it's yeah. got vo- it's where like the vortexes are, you know, yeah. and it's very very new age, very new yeah, age. You would love awesome. it. People but have there's trees a lot of, like I do. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> yeah. there's pe- but you know there's a lot of retreats too and um, that kind of stuff. So yeah, I have a lot of coworkers who lead retreats in Sedona. What What do you do in the Grand Canyon? I last time I was there, I would I did a canoe trip oh which was pretty cool yeah did you do it through the on the colorado yeah 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 we had a helicopter in and then we met the uh the the boats and then we went down for like two days and then they pick us up and then they took us back to vegas that's yeah it was great so how long are you in the canyon are you like on the rim of it or how does that work so i work with a woman her name is sarah schulting kranz and she leads these nature therapy retreats. She's a life coach. And, um, 
I am a meditation teacher. So she asked me a few years back if I wanted to team up with her on these retreats that she leads. And we take, sometimes it's a group of women, other times they're co-ed retreats. And we start at, the first trip that I did was rim to rim. So we started on the North Rim and hiked down to the bottom and stayed at Phantom Ranch and then hiked back out South Rim. Now we do South Rim, the South Rim Trail. So we do South Kaibab Trail down to Phantom Ranch. We stay there for a couple of nights. We do hiking around at the bottom of the canyon around the Colorado. And then we hike back out and around Phantom Creek. And then we hike back out through Bright Angel Trail back up to the top of the rim. From what I remember from the canoe trip, because it's a national park, they limit how many visitors can go. I mean, is there a certain amount of people you can take on these? Yeah. So the cabin that we get down there is 10 people and it's bunk beds. It's kind of like a oh, sleepaway wow. camp. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I think the Brady Bunch stayed in this exactly. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Exactly. So, um, so we, we can have up to 10 people in our group. And in order to do that also, we are both wilderness first responders. So we both had to be certified just in case something were, you know, to happen on the trail. We did have one guy sprain his ankle one time. Actually, it was funny because <laughs> it wasn't a really bad sprain, but he sprained his ankle and I had just gotten my woofer certification and I was super stoked that I got to use my first aid kit. <laughs> but then I was I'll like, save okay. you. I've been preparing. <laughs> I like, yeah. I was so excited, but then I was like, okay, nobody else can hurt themselves. Like I don't want to use this kit anymore. Um, (laughs) So so we can have 10 people and we, Sarah reserves these trips about 13, between 11 and 13 months in advance. Oh, wow. mm -hmm. Okay. And it's only one a year? No, we actually, last year we did three. So I was, I did it in, we did it in February, July, and in November, we actually did it with a documentary film crew. July? How hot was that? Very, very hot. (laughs) Yeah, you might want to rethink. I don't know if I want to be a bunk in the middle of Arizona in July. (laughs) There's air conditioning in the bunk. Okay. Yeah, so we get a hot hike. That's a hot hike. It's a hot hike. We hit the trail as soon as we can. I think we hit the trail at like 6 a.m. And yeah, very, very hot. And she even told us too last year. She said, oh, yeah, no, this is nothing. Last year it was 118 degrees. (laughs) Oh, God. No, this is too much. But. Um, it was funny because when I did it, I was like, okay, I'm going to stick with the winter ones because I don't mind doing, you know, being warm when it's snowing outside. But then she asked me this year, like, Hey, do you want to do the July trip again? And immediately I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what I get myself into sometimes, but I trust (laughs) the woman and we always have fun. So it works. (laughs) So what, okay, let's go back to just a few weeks ago when you came here. What, what date did you fly back? I think... (laughs) Gosh, it feels like it was still February. Yeah, it was. No, it was March. It was the first week of March. Okay, so had there been restrictions at all by that time? I'm I'm trying to remember the timeline here. No, there were no restrictions. There was talk about everything because there was everything happening in China and Italy. And to be honest, I mean, being isolated in in the jungle, um, I I had heard about it, but I I kind of had that sort of mentality. I was like well, maybe it's not that big of a deal or it'll, you know, kind of like blow over or, oh, it's like the flu. I just, I wasn't very, um, I was a little ignorant about what was actually going on in the world. Well, we all were. Yeah. And I think we did sort of, you know, say like, oh, like I'll be fine. I'll be safe. I, there were no restrictions on flying at the time or, or travel at the time. And it wasn't until I got back, I think I was here for about a week and a half. And that's when 
San Francisco Bay Area started the uh, shelter in place. And then a couple days later, it hit LA and then the whole state of California. And and that was sort of a big eye opener. And uh, yeah, definitely opened my eyes to the, the severity of what's going on. And I've been kind of isolated yeah. <laughs> ever since. <laughs> well, have you talked to anybody back down at the uh, retreat? And uh, they got to be worried about, I mean, if tourists aren't coming... You know, yeah, it's going to be a tough know, time for everyone. Yeah, tourists aren't coming uh, any going anywhere right now. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, everybody's um, in the same boat, but yeah, everyone's you know, it's, in the same boat. It's it's yeah. worry, it's scary, kind of. It's the unknowing. Yeah, it's, you know, I tell people I I can't. You know, I've had to cancel work and trips and everything else like that, but you don't know when you can reschedule them. Yeah, exactly. six months, a year. I mean, three months. Nobody knows anything. So we don't know. If I can make a plan, that'd be one thing, but I can't just sitting here not even making a plan. Yeah, totally. I mean, well, I know that we are, we're playing everything by ear, just like everybody else's, just day to day. And I have a meeting with the woman, Liz, who owns the school soon. And we're going to be discussing moving forward and, and what we what we can do with what we know. And that's kind of, that's every business right now, right? It's like, yeah, you kind of have to, my I guess my whole meditation teacher thing comes in with this. It's like you have to learn acceptance and you have to go with the flow and say, okay, this is what it is. It's not about me. It's not something that is uh, against me or the retreat center or anything like that. This is just the state of the literally the entire world right now. So, right. So, this is why it was a good reason to have you on a, a, a mindfulness yeah. person. Um, because everybody's a little confused and scared right now. So, I mean, what are you telling people how to get through it and, and, and deal with it? You know, they're very stressed and mostly about money and and the future. So what, what kind of things are you telling people? Well, one of the biggest things, and this is not because this is my profession, but I am, I am recommending that people do some sort of meditative practice for themselves or taking care of themselves by, by listening to what they need. And, I always, I try as much as I can to be positive and I go on Instagram live every day and give some sort of inspirational motivation to help people through this time. But at the same time, one of the things that I'm really advocating is for people to understand that this is a time to slow down and it it is a forced time to slow down, but it's also a time to understand how we're feeling with it and not to just say, oh yeah, I'm going to pretend like this isn't happening or like, oh, don't be fearful because X, Y, and Z. We are, if we are afraid, we're afraid. And so as a yoga teacher and mindfulness and meditation teacher, this is a time to be able to start to observe and say, okay, what is it that I am feeling? Am I, am I scared? What am I afraid of? And to start to have a little bit of time for self-reflection and understand ourselves a little bit more and also be grateful. You know, there's a lot, we've all been affected by this and a lot of people are um, holding on to the things that are affecting them personally, which I can understand. We, we all have those things happening. But one of the things I have to remind myself every day is I wake up in the morning and I'm like, I'm grateful. I am I have a roof over my head. I get to stay with my sister right now and her family. And I, I have food and toilet paper. Hey, <laughs> it's the little things, really. It's the little things, you know, and, and I have my health right now. And all I can do is be grateful for that. And so I've been really encouraging people to be grateful because I hear these little conversations, you know, of people and they're like, 
oh, well, my cycling studio closed down and I can't even go outside like where I want to be. And it's like, yes, but we're, you're healthy. You know, like right now, I think it's a time to reflect and remind ourselves that it doesn't have, you know, just because things aren't exactly the way we want them to be, we can still find gratitude in those little things. Yeah. I mean, I tell people that, I mean, look, this is, especially as Americans, uh, this is the first time they've ever had to sacrifice anything right. in their lives. Absolutely. You know, we haven't, we haven't had rationing since World War II. Mm-hmm. You know, so anybody under 80 has never really had to sacrifice any of their time other than the people that were drafted. And that stopped in 73. So, you know what I mean? So it's like, suck it up. You know, you can, you can, (laughs) you know, we're all inconvenienced, but every so often something's bigger than yourself. And And it uh, puts it in perspective, you know, like, and, and it just, I think it's actually really, it's very humbling and it makes me realize how, how much we do have and how good we have had it. And I really think that it can be a time, you know, I think (laughs) that, I think that the words like are just a little, I, I, I'm with you. It's just a little bit different rather than, you know, as a meditation teacher, I don't say suck it up, <laughs> but, right, right. But, but it is more like, okay, oh, well, that's in my book. find that? Like, yeah, exactly. That's yeah, Mike's book. My suck it up Mike's book. Wording. I have a little different <laughs> philosophy of teaching than you do, I guess. <laughs> totally. I think you'd be an awesome <laughs> mindfulness teacher, actually. Like, so you're, you're, so. you're beautifully awakening. I'm rude awakening. That's yeah, totally. <laughs> um, I got yeah, the name so, of my new book, Rude Awakening by Mike Siegel. Hey, I, you know what? That would be, I think a lot of people would follow that. Yeah. Suck <laughs> it up, buttercup. Like, just suck it up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's the same thing, just being, um, learning how to accept things as they are. And that doesn't mean just being complacent and rolling over and being like, well, whatever, but saying, okay, well, this is the way it is. And now I have a choice. Do I want to choose to show up and be angry and and pissed off because I can't do the things that I want to do? Or do I want to choose to say, okay, well, there has to be a healthy level of acceptance somewhere here because everyone's being affected by this. It's not about me. So that's, I think, the biggest lesson in all of this. So what kind of exercises while people are sitting home on their, uh, on their couches and not, not exercising, what, what can they do at home, especially if they're in a smaller place and not a lot, not a, most people don't have a home gym or room to move. So uh, what, what are you telling people? Got any tips for, for those of um, us who can? Absolutely. Yeah. So okay. there are different things depending on what you're into, because as a yoga teacher, you know, I'm going to say there are a lot of online yoga classes, especially uh, a lot of free things are happening right now too. So I teach for a platform called Interdimension TV and we do online yoga and meditation and it's a subscription based platform. But for the past week and for the next week, at least for the next week, we'll see, it might actually continue. We're doing a 14 day yoga and meditation live classes on Facebook every morning at 9 a.m. And it's free. So just like anybody who wants to come, one hour long yoga practice for free. Um, and 9 a.m. Pacific time? Pacific time, okay. yeah. 9 a.m. Pacific time. And so there are a lot of teachers out there who are doing yoga classes for free. My sister takes bar and I know her studio is doing classes online as well. And um, just depending on different types of practices that you like to do or movement practices, 
you know, people are still, depends on where you are in the country. I know in LA, the beach is just closed and like the, the hiking trails and everything closed. But a lot of people, depending on where you are, you can still get out and go for a run if that's what you're into. I am not a runner. So no. I am definitely not like breaking out the running shoes, like going for a run. Like I'll go and take long walks and hikes. I know. I've been walking that, everywhere around the neighborhood. Right. Miles. Which I think is great. And yeah. my suggestion too, and I don't know, if you feel weird about it, I would say then you really should do it. <laughs> but like my thing is, I will turn on really loud music and dance. Like just dance. And even if you like don't have moves or whatever, who cares? You're <laughs> isolated at home. Like nobody's looking, nobody's judging. And if I dance for a half an hour straight, like a crazy person, that is the best cardio workout. Like ever. I'm not kidding. Like I, I feel more like rejuvenated and alive and doing something like that than I do going to the gym and going to like a group X class, which is nothing against group X. I used to be a group X teacher, <laughs> but like I, I suggest right now you're in your home, throw on your favorite dance tunes and just like, you know, start shaking your booty. <laughs> what's your, uh, what's your uh, preferred dance jam? What's, what's, uh, what are you playing these days? dance jam. Um, I have, <laughs> I have a playlist on my Spotify. It's called dance asana. <laughs> so okay. like every, and every yoga pose in, in yoga is like something asana. So like trikonasana is triangle pose, oh, right. like, you know, um, and bhujangasana is cobra pose. And so I call it dance asana because like, <laughs> it's like dance pose. So I just have like a list of all these, um, all of these really great, um, dance like, uh, songs and, Right now, I'm really, really enjoying. Um, gosh, I'm really bad at um, at names, but there's this one woman. I'm trying to like find her right now as I'm talking to you. <laughs> I'll circle back around because there's this one woman that has like some really amazing. Um, well, Lizzo's really great too. I just she just popped into my head, and she has like a really awesome song called "Water Me," which is like the best dance jam like out there. <laughs> so I definitely recommend Lizzo. Um, and once I remember, I, 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 you know, I'm a, I'm a yoga teacher. I'm definitely not perfect. Like I can't remember right now. Like, That's all right. And this one so if well, let's oh, get her name's Maggie Rogers, I think. Okay. Is that her name? There's a, uh, she has a song, I th Maggie, I think it's Rogers and her, um, there's a song called back in my body. And that's a really good one too. Okay. So. Yeah. yeah. So those two songs, Water Me and Back in My Body. Put those tunes on, dance like crazy, and <laughs> yeah, you'll get some good cardio workouts. <laughs> well, let's uh let's get it back to travel real quick. So uh if where in do you have any Costa Rica recommendations that people may not know? I mean, they'll know the highlights, but any hidden yeah. gems? Well, I'll be honest with you. I have really only spent time on the Nicoya Peninsula. I haven't had an opportunity yet to travel around the rest of the country because every time I'm there, I'm working. <laughs> right. That's true. So I'm like there, I'm teaching yoga at this retreat center and I'm, I'm sort of isolated in the jungle. And I would actually recommend trying to find places that are a little bit more isolated and secluded. So even like the sanctuary at two rivers where I work and we host retreats there, it is about a kilometer away from the ocean. There is, we got dropped off at the street and then we walk about a kilometer through the jungle through um, crossing the river four times, like to get into the jungle. There are no, you can't bring cars there. There's no 
address. That's why I can't get like packages or anything sent to me. Um, so for me, obviously, clearly I like it. <laughs> you know? I yeah. like picked up my life, sold my car, sold all my stuff, moved out, like left LA. And so I would recommend trying to find places that are a little bit more off the grid, exploring, go down there, stay at an Airbnb and walk around. Because I found in my own experiences of travel, the places I have loved the most and had the best experiences with were not on TripAdvisor or, you know, these places. Like two two things I can really think of when I led a retreat in, um, oh no, actually, I think it was in Bali. I was going to say when I led my retreat in Thailand, but I believe it was in Bali. There were all these tourist things that we were going around doing. And then you know, we looked things up. Oh, how's this place? How's this place? And then we just ended up asking the driver, Hey, do you have a place that you recommend? And he's like, Oh yeah, there's this really great little like coffee plantation. I'm just going to take you there. And he took us to this place. No one else was there. It was overlooking a valley that had these clouds coming through the valley and just this most amazing, incredible view. It was early in the morning because we had watched the sunrise over Mount Batur. And I, we, you never could have found that just by Googling like, oh, what's the best places to go in Bali? And I've done that a lot. I Pinterest about like vacations <laughs> and all the things. And that, and also once I went to Maui, with my sister and a couple of her friends. And we went there and again, looked up places to hike and we were going to do, you know, the road to Hana and all of the things that, you know, all the things that you do, which was amazing. And we knew someone who lived there. So he ended up taking us on a hike that was to a waterfall where he wouldn't even tell us the name of it. He's like, we don't want, like, don't put it on social media. Don't like, I'm not going to even tell you the name because we all, the locals come here. And that was one of the coolest hikes. We took our shoes off, left them in the car and hiked through the mud to get to <laughs> this waterfall. And so I would really suggest going to Costa Rica, getting an Airbnb in a small little town, like go to outside of Montezuma or outside of Santa Teresa. And then ask the people that live there, hey, what do you recommend? What are the best restaurants? Where are the best places to go? And you'll end up finding places that are probably the most special and the most memorable rather than looking on Instagram and looking through the hashtags. <laughs> right, right. Well, hanging with locals is always the best option anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. So what are your dream destinations? If you, where, where are you, haven't you been that you're dying to go to? So on the top of my list right now, I would love to do trekking in New Zealand. It's beautiful. I've never been. I've oh, never it's been gorgeous. to New Zealand. I've oh, never been yeah. to Australia. And so, yeah, I know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can't believe it. So I would love to do the trekking because there are these just super, super long walks. And I just think it would be so cool to to go and and see the countryside and be out in nature and move with the power of my own two legs and my yeah. own two feet. Um, so that's at the top of my list. And then the other place on the top of my list is Patagonia. Oh yeah. Okay. And I would love to do hiking down there as well. So I'm kind of on this hiking kick right yeah. now. You like mountains. <laughs> Sarah got I can me tell you, you like mountains. Yeah. You know, it's my favorite places are the ocean. Uh, anywhere I can be near water and especially the ocean. I'm a I'm a water girl. I'm a Pisces. I'm, again, I'm a tree hugger. So I like <laughs> get into like those types of things. Um, but I really love the water. But honestly, right now, yeah, I guess the the mountains are really calling to me. I think it's 
being out in nature and being able to just be grateful to be able to walk. I think that, again, that's just something so simple that we all take for granted every day. And especially now, especially now when we like, yeah. go out and walk, um, but putting a backpack on and going out into nature and meditating in nature, just seeing everything, stopping and slowing down. Nature for me has been the biggest reminder to slow down, which has literally, I mean, it's completely 180 my life. It, it totally changed everything about the way that I lived and how much anxiety I had and like <laughs> how much perfectionism came into everything. And I just, I, I live totally different now that I, I'm out in nature more often. What, um, well, I've, I've talked to a lot of people that on, on the show that travel is, has been like a, a healing thing for a number of reasons in terms of like, whether it's maybe in your case, a divorce or like a, <laughs> you know, or that, or, um, a death in the family or something like that it's been kind of a soothing thing and a way to like recharge. Um, Absolutely. What have you learned about yourself in this time just by leaving? And what have you learned maybe about how you grew up or people in general? And what has all this taught you? I think the biggest lesson I have learned is that we have come so far away from nature and nature we i know that this is sounding this is going to sound very you know yoga teacher but we are we are nature and we are very connected to nature and the more often we get outdoors and not just outside like walking to the car and then like you know going <laughs> sitting in the car looking at the beach but actually grounding ourselves taking our shoes off and feeling the sand in our toes or walking on the dirt or in the mud, you know, like everyone's like, Ew, that's gross. I don't want to get my, my toes dirty or mess my, my pedicure up or whatever, <laughs> but like actually being able to feel nature underneath you, it, it has an extremely calming effect. And as somebody who used to, you know, I, I suffer, suffered from, uh, 10 years of depression a long time ago. This has been almost, uh, almost 10 years now since I, I moved away from that, but suffering from depression, suffering from high anxiety and being sort of this type A person, I just noticed that the more often I spend time in nature, I don't even have to be doing anything. I don't have to be going for a run. I don't have to be sitting and meditating for three hours in nature for it to be effective to calm me down and center me. Just simply being outside with vitamin D of the sun and the healing waters of the river or the ocean has been extremely um, eye-opening to me and a lesson to me that as long as, I mean, the way I grew up was the way that a lot of us grew up in, in the US. We're in four walls all the time, right? And especially now, I mean, I didn't grow up with screens because I wasn't of that generation, but now kids and adults, all of us were in front of screens constantly, and especially during coronavirus, right? But the only way to talk to people, hang out with people is in front of a screen. And I hope that because of COVID-19, and because we're on screen so much, I'm really hoping that once we're able to go back out and be with community, I hope that this helps us to leave our phones at home and close the computers and realize that the importance of seeing people face to face and being outside and looking up instead of like tech neck, look, looking down at our phone will actually be maybe the biggest lesson and, and, and blessing out of this whole thing. Well, it's amazing to see how, you know, just in lacking of human 
contact can change people and how much really you need it. You know, yeah. I haven't touched another person in uh, weeks. I know. Which it's, is a weird, not even a hug. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I live alone. It, you know, it's, it's um, I'm alone all the time as a uh, traveler and a, uh, you know, comic and working. I mean, this is my default setting, but I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even realize just like, well, it'd be nice to go out and just see people face to face. Yeah. You know, and just uh, give somebody a hug when you greet them or something like that. You yeah. just, those you, little things, man. We take it man. for granted. Yeah. You know, we really, we don't remember that. Like we're social and, animals. I mean, we, we are, whether we, are. we think we are not, we are. Yeah. And I and, learned that when I first went down to Costa Rica um, in September, because I was there during rainy season. So no one oh, was yeah, on yeah. the property. And um, I was, I was watching over the dogs. And so I was by myself in Costa Rica in the jungle for four weeks alone. And wow. <laughs> yeah. And I, by week three, <laughs> cause right. I'm an introvert and I actually recharge by myself and I love alone time. So and, do I, I mean, that's yeah. Right. Yeah. But by week three, I was like, okay, like Instagram's great, but I really want to see another human being. <laughs> I want to, I want to hug someone. Like I would just like hug the dogs. Cause I was like, I there's no, nobody, you know, here to hug. And you know, it's, there's, you're like castaway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, but, but I didn't you're, have a volleyball. Talking to a volleyball. <laughs> like talking to the dogs. Thank goodness they're like actual animate objects. You know, oh, yeah. They're actual beings. Oh, there's so. a lot of people talking to their dogs right now. Yeah, I didn't me. feel very weird. Um, but I really did learn the lesson and importance of community and being in, in person with people. Because when you hug someone, and I heard that, I think it I want to say it's 20 seconds. I might be wrong on that. So don't quote me on that. But it's like something like if you hug someone for a certain amount of time, like beyond just the like, oh, like, hey, pat on the back and like walk away, your body re releases oxytocin. And that's the feel good chem like chemical hormone in your body. And so right now, I feel like we're all sort of lacking in that oxytocin, you know, kick and that feel good hormone that we, that we get when we do just like give someone a hug or we're like in person and you can actually like shake someone's hand or, or, or feel their energy because it's very different than that, that, you know, on screens than it is in person. And so hopefully this will all teach us the importance of that so that we maybe even move away from technology just a little bit and back into our true nature of, you know, being animals and being, um, you know, human <laughs> beings rather than like, you know, always using technology for everything. Right. Well, speaking of technology, you can give your, um, uh, handles of where people can find you on the internet, uh, Instagram, if there's a uh, website you want to promote, let us yeah, know. Awesome. Plug away. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So as Mike mentioned before, uh, my name on Instagram is beautifully awakening. And that is also my website, beautifullyawakening.com. And I share things on Instagram. I, I, right now, like with COVID-19, I'm going live every day just for a few minutes to invite a little bit of motivation and inspiration and just a little mantra for people to use to help sort of center them and, and keep them calm. And on my website, I have a bunch of free meditations and places that you can find yoga practices and just doing my best to help people out during this time. So those are the places you can find me beautifully awakening. <laughs> beautifully awakening. Well, I'm glad you made it back into, uh, into the country while you could 
too. Because, boy, if you had waited a couple of weeks, I don't know if you could have come back. I you mean, what, I'll be honest, though. I kind of feel like I would have felt safer, like just like quarantined down been. in the middle of the jungle. You, you know? really like, might have been better off. <laughs> but um, and it would have been nice to like, you know, be stuck in, in Costa Rica. But at the same time, I... I You're with your family. To, that I'm, I'm with my family and I have to be grateful because even though I am connected while I'm out there, we do have Wi-Fi, but it's more like jungle Wi-Fi. Yeah, I was <laughs> so going to say, I, do, I don't remember the Wi-Fi do, being so great out in yeah. the middle of nowhere. So like I can like post on Instagram and things, but like FaceTime or like even a Zoom call like this and doing live, like it just wouldn't fly. And so I have to, I have to remind myself when I do start to be like, Oh, it'd be really nice to be in the jungle right now. Nope. You know what? I have my health. I'm here. I'm with my family and I get to share right now in ways that I probably wouldn't be able to if I was there. So that's where I kind of stand in my mindset with it. Well, yeah. Well, I'm glad we could do this finally. Thank you yeah. for, thank you for doing it. Thank you so and, much for uh, having me. Hopefully one day we'll meet in person. Yeah, I would love and, that. And we could hug like, you know, for 20 seconds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and release oxytocin. Oxytocin. <laughs> okay. But I'm pretty soon I'm going to have to learn. And I want to take a, I want to do some more yoga too. Yeah, absolutely. I want it sooner. My goal after all this is to be able to touch my toes without. Wonderful. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm well, not the most flexible. Progress, not the most okay. flexible. And the thing that I always like to say to people when um, they say like, because I used to work at a CrossFit gym, and the guys would be like, "I I can't take yoga. I, I'm not flexible enough." And I was like, "Saying you're not flexible enough for yoga is like saying you're too dirty to take a bath." So uh, yoga is the exact thing that we all need. I'm not a naturally flexible person either, and yoga has been the perfect thing for that. Oh no, I know. Oh, I know. I need it. Yeah, believe we, me, we all do. <laughs> Yeah, so I'll I'll find it on there. I'll go online. Tell me the online classes again. Where's that? I I do online classes through Inner Dimension TV. Inner Dimension TV. All right, I'll check it out. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, Brittany, beautifully awakening, and uh, you know, wash your hands. Let's all wash our hands, even though we didn't touch. I'm gonna go wash my hands now. Nothing against you. It's just you know all this. No offense taken. All this viral contact. It's just so much. Uh, but thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Yeah, I really appreciate it too. Thank you, Mike. You.